Pages of Pim Better Podcast. I've always been drawn to the sea. Maybe it comes from being born on the north shore of an island where I spent my youth digging my toes in the sand. Maybe it's a lifelong baptism to wash away the sins from my past life. Maybe it's the fishing trips my father took me on. Whatever the source, whatever the source of that lure, it's real. Now, I don't know that there's a word that really quite describes it. But it's that feeling that you get when you lay your head down at night and you can still feel the rhythmic push and pull of the waves. It's the stealing of salty kisses while you watch the sun sink into its watery grave. It's the peeling off of old layers of skin to reveal the fresh new you underneath. It's clams straight from the source, plucked out of the muck, shucked open, and eaten in its own natural brine. It's what has me traveling to the ends of the earth, to swim in every ocean, and to dive in every lake that I come across. It's what drives me to step foot on every island known to man. And it's ultimately why I went to Bali. Bali, Indonesia. I feel like Bali is this place that's been romanticized and kind of seen as an exotic place in the imagination of Westerners for a while. Around seven-ish years ago, the, the movie, the book, and then the movie came out, Eat, Pray, Love. I haven't read it or seen it myself, but I know that a large portion of it is set in Bali. And when I was there, people were telling me that tourism is, has been booming since that movie came out. Um, I, I just watched the trailer right before doing this podcast to, to see if it offered me any value and, and would provide like a talking point, but I don't know. You can keep that movie. So if you've been following along with the last couple of podcasts, I flew into Bali from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, super easy immigration process. If you're wondering, uh, the 30-day tourist visa is free, so you know, no troubles there. The airport itself, it, a lot of places when you fly into them and you're looking to get from the airport to your hotel, you're inundated with taxi drivers and you know guys that are trying to offer their services to get you from one place to another. I don't know why, but for some reason, like Bali was one of the most intense that I've ever experienced. And I've, I've been through some intense ones, but it was like, you would just get surrounded by guys in a second. And there were these like uh, blue kind of like Tommy Bahama type of shirts to uh, identify that they're taxi drivers. And they're like the, you know, uh, government licensed taxi drivers in that area. But I don't know. It was like uh, like a shark on a wounded seal. It was <laughs> they uh, they were really intense there, and it took a really long time to negotiate. Whereas you know some other places, when you're negotiating prices and you start to walk away, they're like, ah, oh, no, okay, okay, okay. Like they really knew their worth and value. Uh, so those are important things to know before you visit a place. Um, kind of like what the basic services and, and things that you're going to need are, are valued at for, for when you're haggling. Now, there are a lot of different places that you can stay in in Bali. And when you're looking to go there and you're planning it out, um, there are a number of good websites that will list the places by region and tell you what those regions have to offer. The first area that I stayed in was Ligian. Now, if you're going north from the airport, along the coast, along the west coast, uh, the major, like, I guess, touristy, beachy areas that you can stay in are Kuta, Ligian, and Seminyak. Now, 
neither of these three felt like the Bali that I had imagined. And you might be thinking, okay, maybe he over-romanticized it too. I didn't, because I'm going to get to how I saw the things I really wanted to see. But um, hmm, to give you kind of a reference point, when you're driving north, the first place you hit is Kuta. Kuta is like the the Kaosan Road, the like Tijuana of Bali. It's you know loud types of clubs, bars, and then like you know it's like a pad pong road. It's there are there are dark corners of this world that people travel to to do the things that they can't do when they're at home if you can read between the lines. And that's what Kuta felt like. It just kind of felt like grimy and seedy, which sometimes like offers charm for a place, but it just, I don't know. It really wasn't for me. I didn't stay in Kuta, but it went through it a couple times. And um, what is the, the big place? Sky Bar. I went to Sky Bar and I don't know, again, not my thing. If you like, if it's for you, cool. If you're looking to, to just go somewhere and party and, and, and it's in a beach setting too, then I guess it's for you. Uh, just north of there is Ligien, which too was really touristy. It uh, I had gone during July, and apparently this is when a lot of Australians are on holiday, and it's or you know college age kids are on holiday, and it's winter there. So I mean, Bali from Australia is like me flying two and a half, three hours down to Mexico. Um, so I get it. I would love to, (laughs) I would love to have a two hour flight to get to Bali. Uh, but again, like a lot of tourists in Ligian, like a lot of families. And then all over those three regions, you have a lot of college age kids from Australia. Uh, in Ligian too, like there's Indonesian food and there's some real legit Indonesian food. And then there's a lot of, like westernized Indonesian food, and you get the same offerings over and over. You get uh, nasi goreng, um, mie goreng, goreng is fried, so nasi goreng is fried rice, and it ranged from like real good to like kind of like Chinese takeout New York City type of fried rice. Uh, mie goreng is like a fried noodle dish. Uh, gado gado is a like an all vegetable, steamed vegetable dish. And like a lot of places would have like those three, four, five options and and that's what you got. Now, I, I don't mean to be complaining about these places. They're all along the beach. From where I was in Ligian, you could walk through this super narrow pathway where like even a, a bike couldn't get through with a person walking through on the opposite direction. Um, and you could take that like two to five minutes and you're on the beach. And then, you know, it's beautiful. Um the beaches along the West Coast, they're kind of like black sand underneath the white and brown sand. If you want those total white sand beaches, you have to go down to the south. And then in the, in the north, north, there's the, like the totally black sand beaches, uh, which is pretty cool too. But I did enjoy my stay. There's a lot of... A lot of touristy types of places, you know, people selling things out of shops that are like the same stuff that you'll see anywhere in night markets and things like that. Uh, one of the big places that people said to go was Potato Head to see the sunset. And it is beautiful there. And the sunset's amazing there. And they have a really cool pool. But again, it's like nightclub type of music, more like a place to go, I guess, on a date with someone. Uh, they did have good food. But not quite my speed. That's in Seminyak. Seminyak is north of Ligian. Um, and Seminyak is more like upscale. There's like upscale shopping. Um, there's like more resorty types of places. I'm told that that's where like a lot of celebrities go. And, um, you know, it was cool to see, but when I eventually go back, I'm not sure that I necessarily need to go back there. North of Seminyak is Chenggu, and this was one of my favorite places. Uh, Chenggu is more of a surfer village, uh, surfer town, and it also had uh, 
the two really cool venues. I talked about these a couple episodes again, uh, a couple episodes ago when I did my conversation with Mad AJ. But one of them is Gimme Shelter, which feels more like a New York City type of punk club um, or like a rock and roll type of a bar slash club. Uh, has all like music posters all over the place uh, from all the, the shows they do there. And it is a venue, but it's also just a place that you can go drinking on a, you know, any night of the week. And not far from there is Pretty Poison, which is kind of getting like, I was looking and uh, Vice has covered them. They're kind of blown up, but they have a, a full skate bowl there and they have a big screen. So they show movies, they have movie nights, they have bands play there. Um, it is a bar slash hangout spot. Uh, it also like overlooks the rice field. So it's a beautiful place to see um, the sunset. Um, Changu 2 is a little less developed still like development is definitely happening I'm sure if I go back in a year it's going to be way different um, but it's not as crowded as a Ligian is um, things are a little bit more spread out I think I talked a little bit about how it got dark from Gimme Shelter and I had to hitchhike but you know hopping on someone's bike is is no issue at all. You give someone a couple bucks and, uh, you know, a couple bucks American and, and they'll, they'll take you where you need to go. Uh, but at night in Changu, like it was less developed and there wasn't really like street lights and it got pretty dark. And I was coming, I was actually coming back from Gimme Shelter and a couple dogs started barking. Now there's dogs everywhere. Uh, you'll see this in a lot of places in Southeast Asia that there's just stray dogs. And generally, they're friendly. Like, all day long, you're running into dogs. But I was walking in. If you've ever seen a Western where, like, the gang of outlaws or something like that is spread out horizontal across the street, blocking the path of the, the good guy or whatever. I'm not kidding. Like, this is exactly what it was like with dogs. Like, a couple dogs started barking. And as I started walking from Gimme Shelter to Pretty Poison... There was a line of like five dogs and they stood their ground and they were just barking at me. And I'm thinking like the one shot that I did not get was a rabies shot. And I know that if you're bitten by something, you have to get like uh, three rabies shots in your stomach. So I'm like, oh, crap. Um, but there was a like a little hotel villa set back a little ways to my left and I did a walk slash run <laughs> towards that hotel. And I, there was a guy out front who's, you know, smoking a cigarette next to his bike. And I was like, Hey man, like, could you help me out and, and drive me up the road to pretty poison? And he did. So it, uh, you know, like I said, it's no big deal asking someone to hop on their bike. Uh, there was a band that played at pretty poison. I didn't see them. I was checking out a bandit. Give me shelter. But when I got there, they had a film on and like, you know, there's, there's American rap music playing and, and people skating and just hanging out, taking pictures. It's, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's a really chill environment. And there's a, like a, I think there's like a thrift store slash tattoo shop next door. And I know that some nights they do tattooing at Pretty Poison. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of, again, like young people, people into music. Um, I'm not as young as I was anymore. So, um, I guess I was even kind of old for some of these crowds. Jeez. But it was so much fun. And th there's a there's a record shop, Rewind Records, that I talked about in that episode too. That's also in Changu. Um, a lot of really good food, uh, coffee shops, places to get a Bintang beer. Um, old Man's is a really cool bar that's right on the beach. They do everything from, like they showed the Mayweather-McGregor fight last week. So they'll have events like that. They, uh, they have bands play there. So um, Made actually also played there, um, and it probably plays there often. But then they'll also have, like, the night where it's, you know, like house music and it's packed out with people. Not really my thing again, but, like, hey, it, it's there if you want that type of a thing. So Changu, highly recommended. I love it. Um, another really cool place is all the way in the south. That is Uluwatu. So I went there twice. The first time that I went to Uluwatu, um, I was with my buddies. 
And I'm going to give a little plug here. I'm going to give a plug to uh, Ma- uh, Maddie and he, his company or his driving name goes um, Maddie Bali Tours. Now, it wasn't someone that gave me a tour, but I had run into him in town in Ligian and he had a, he had a van. And then from there, anytime I needed to go somewhere far and, you know, wanted AC, I used him. Ligian, Semenyak, Kuta, you can, and, and, and I did, you can spend an hour and a half going like two kilometers. So if it's rush hour, you're screwed and you're going to want to be on a bike because you can zip along the sidewalks and things like that. Uh, but for some of the longer trips, uh, relied on, on, on Maddie. Again, Maddie Bali tours. So, uh, first time I went to Uluwatu, drove down the coast and, um, we started off at single fin. Single fin is a restaurant slash venue hangout spot that quite literally is hanging over the side of a cliff and you can look down and watch all the surfers and it's awesome. They, they have everything from like, you know, Western comfort foods to Indonesian foods. They do a big hangout party every Sunday night. Uh, they do have bands play there. It's awesome. You can, so from single fin, you walk down the steps and it takes you all the way down to the beach and you're passing monkeys and things like that, which is, which is cool. And I'm going to get to, cause there's like a monkey forest of sort there of sorts. And, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty rocky and almost like cavernous at the beaches at Uluwatu. And so when we started out, we were in this little like inlet and you could see that eventually the high tide would come in and kind of like wash out that whole area and probably get kind of dangerous. Um, but we were like, it was super rocky and we did have footwear, but I was kind of like, where's the, where's the beach? Like, where's the sand? How do we get there? Um, so we're walking around and eventually there's this, um, it's like circular, almost doorway cut out in the rock, like natural cut out. Um, and so you have to squat down and squeeze through and we squeeze through the rock and it's like, Oh, here we go. White sand beach, people just hanging out. There's, um, like a shipwrecked boat there that people would go into to like change. Um, there's some women with coolers, Indonesian women who are selling, uh, tanks and cold waters and things like that. But there's all these, uh, like, through erosion, like these carved out natural pools that, uh, obviously fill up with water and, you know, they're like all these pools out on the way to, to getting out to, if you want to surf, you have to get past all these little pools. So you could just sit in a little personal pool of water and it's like, it's like bathtub warm and it's, it was really, really cool to go there. Uh, so if you go to Uluwatu, hang out at Singleton go down the steps, you'll find it. I think when you go down the steps from single fin, it's that little cutout is to the left. If you go to the right, um, it's a little rockier and it's harder to find beach, but it's like paradise down there. Um, I definitely want to go back and spend some more time in Uluwatu. I had gone back there when I went back to Bali. So I had gone to Jogja, listened to that episode with Chitra, and then if you had put two and two together, obviously I went back to Bali with Chitra and we rented a bike. We actually went back to Changu and I want to give a plug to Pineapple House, Pineapple House Villas. We stayed in the villa there and we rented their bike and rode down to Uluwatu. Chitra knew about uh, Nyang Nyang or Nyang Nyang Beach and, um, put that, we had, she had a little bit of trouble remembering where exactly it was. And we were trying to use GPS and GPS wasn't quite working. Um, but there was a sign for it. And I think probably you could just search it on the internet and try to find it. But essentially it was an abandoned beach. Like there was no one there. There were two fishermen with big fishing nets And I think in the time we were there, which was a few hours, maybe a couple of couples passed us, like four people max, but like white sand beaches again, um, beautiful. Got to watch the sunset. 
warm water. You do have to be careful. If you've listened to my episode about Kenya, uh, there are sea urchins in Bali. So people, maybe they don't look so cool, but get yourself some uh, proper water shoes because uh, you don't want to step on one of those. It's awful. But go explore the coast down there. Nyang Nyang, Nyang Nyang, N-Y-A-N-G, N-Y-A-N-G is uh, just totally empty, private beach, no one's selling stuff, uh, not tons of tourists or anything like that. Just really cool, beautiful. I'm jumping around a bit, but while I'm talking about Uluwatu and Changu, um, a place I would recommend to eat in Changu is Mai Warung. I told them I'd give them a plug. So I was eating there with Chitra and... I was just really excited that I was going to be eating food. It had taken us a really long time to get back to Changu from Uluwatu. To give you an example, it was about an hour to get down there and then like two hours to get back. Um, you know, zipping through traffic, kind of walking the bike in between traffic because traffic stopped, but you're, you're kind of froggering your way through traffic. And... So we got back, it was like just super exhausted, like, oh, I'm so hungry, can't wait to eat. So I'm going through this menu and it's a couple of pages in the front is paper. And I can kind of like see something flickering, like each table had a candle and I, and I could kind of sense something, but like wasn't really paying attention to it. And Trisha's like, uh, yo, you're on fire right now. And the front page of the menu was paper and it, it was completely engulfed because I had had it leaning on the candle and I didn't know that. <laughs> and so it caught fire and the waiter came over and was like, kind of like was patting it out with a cloth uh, napkin, but it disintegrated. And so apologies to them, but they've got kind of a like Indonesian fusion type of thing uh, with like this sort of like Brooklyn feel too, like a, like a Williamsburg type of feel, I guess, with like the drinks and things like that. Um, like it was a cool bar atmosphere, but then like really good food that mixed Indonesian classics with like, uh, I guess more of a Western palate. Uh, but really liked the food there. Gosh, there's this place I wish I could remember, but Chitra took me to a place where, and it's my favorite type of thing to eat when I'm in Southeast Asia. Like you get a plate and you can just fill it up almost buffet style, but just so much stuff and you're, you end up paying like two bucks American. And so, oh God, would they have like pickled vegetables, curried vegetables, stewed chicken, stewed vegetables, uh, lentils, three different types of rice, like a red rice that I had never had before. Um, stewed chicken, obviously hard boiled eggs. That's everywhere. Uh, it's awesome. And, and you eat until you're stuffed and again, two bucks. Gosh, I wish I knew the name of it. If uh, I'll ask her, and if I can figure it out, I'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, I guess a lot of people go to Bali for wellness, so there's also really healthy places. Acai bowls are a big thing there, and like breakfast bowls. They're called brekkie bowls. I think that's an Australian thing. You could correct me if I'm wrong. So there's that, because, you know, there's also like a lot of yoga, there's surfing, um, in Changu, Echo Beach, down to Ligian, to Kuta, you can take surf lessons and there's surf schools. Um, did see somebody wipe out bad and get their teeth knocked out, but you know, that could happen doing anything. Um, so yeah, food was, food if you wanted to find real good food was great. But then again, like the more touristy areas had really kind of watered down versions of stuff. I think that's Changu. Okay. Ubud is, I think, maybe where Eat, Pray, Love was filmed. Like, a lot of times when you see videos of, uh, or pictures of the rice terraces and things like that, and people doing yoga, uh, it's, it's Ubud. And um, so I had this idea in my head that Ubud was going to be super rural and really out there and really kind of peaceful. Um, and I guess it could be, but when we first got there, it was like, Oh, this sort of looks like it could be Ligian, just sort of like 
you know, narrow streets full of shops and just tourists, tourists, tourists. Whereas the coast was a lot of Australians, Ubud, which is inland, was a lot more Europeans. Now, let me backpedal a little bit here. On the way to Ubud, we stopped at Teganugan. Hold on, folks. <laughs> let me try that again. Teganugan Falls. And that was, that was awesome. So this is like, uh, this is a waterfall and it's a big waterfall and it's, it's really powerful. Um, so you can go down at the base of it and it's rocky, but you're not swimming, but you can, you know, wade in the water and it's hard to get close. Like it's really pushing you, uh, super powerful, but it's beautiful. And, um, you know, obviously this is a touristy thing to do. So there's people from all over the world there to taking pictures and then you can hike up to the top and there's a few different overlooks so you can see the waterfall at different spots and you can take pictures and things like that. But then when you get to the top, to the source of the falls, you can follow that back a long ways if you can carefully walk along the rocks. And people do these, these cool stacked rock formations. I thought maybe it was a religious thing and then somebody told me, no, it's just a cool aesthetic thing. Um, but you could hang out there all day um, you go to the top, you could walk real far back. We walked a ways, um, but I was in flip-flops. Like I didn't have hiking boots or anything like that because it, it, it turns into jungle. Um, but Teganugan waterfalls, it's awesome. Definitely recommend going there. Um, so that was a stop and you can do that, uh, on the way to Ubud if you're coming from, uh, the coastal area. So again, first night in Ubud, I was like, ah, I don't know this, you know, Again, there's like healthy food, there's not really a nightlife thing there, things closed a lot earlier, but to me it just looked like more shops and things like that. There's the monkey forest, which I skipped, and let me backpedal again because I totally forgot to mention something. So back to Uluwatu. At Uluwatu, at sunset, if you're not at Singlefin, you can go, it's like a, like a one minute ride um, over to the temples, the, the temples at Uluwatu, which overlook the cliffs and the tide rolling in and the sun is turning, you know, yellow to orange to pink to purple and it is amazing. And you can walk along this path and it is full of these gray monkeys. And they're climbing on people. Uh, I have a video on my Instagram of one that was climbing on a kid's head and grabbed at his watch. And he actually did exactly what you need to do. If they climb on you, you have to just relax. Let them pick at your hair. They think you're another monkey. And, you know, if you start freaking out, they are not friendly. And people do get scratched and bitten. They feed them. And we were there when they released food. I have a video of this too, but... Right after the video, the monkeys were going, <laughs> they were going crazy and they were baring their teeth and they were going after people. And so we actually started running and we jumped up on this concrete platform. They, they were going nuts. I remember this one specifically, he was bigger than all the other ones and he was bleeding and he had like a, a big jagged cut along his like thigh area. And the other monkeys were running out of the way when he came through to grab food. But then they started fighting with him for the food. Like... It was a little bit scary. <laughs> and they will take your sunglasses. I watched this happen. They took a girl's iPhone and ran off into the jungle. And there are these guys there. And they even make an announcement over the loudspeaker like, if a monkey takes your stuff, please contact one of our, you know, keepers of, like the animals run free. But there are these guys who have these sticks. And they'll come over and they'll like whack at the monkeys if, if they're getting like super rowdy. Um, so, you know, they told the girl they'd help her to find her iPhone, but it, it was gone. <laughs> and you'll see them like carrying cases, like iPhone cases or, um, flip-flops and things like that. So it's a beautiful place to go see the sunset, but watch out for those monkeys, man, because it, they, some of them are vicious. All right. Flash forward back to Ubud. Didn't feel like I needed to go to the monkey forest after I experienced that, um, because like <laughs> we were super on guard the whole time uh, that we were at Uluwatu. Uh, but it's something that you can do. My hotel, my hotel, uh, how would I, 
the place I stayed at um, was right down the street from the monkey forest. So they would come and, you know, they would, if you leave your, if you left your, your flip flops outside, they would grab them or Bali is primarily Hindu. And so offerings are made on these altars and they will be burning incense, um, bamboo, uh, little treats like candy treats and things like that flowers and the monkeys will climb onto these altars at night in the morning during the day and they'll just ravage them and they'll eat everything that's on them so they're there all the time uh it is kind of cool i guess but when you're cornered by them and they're hungry and they're trying to get at the food it's kind of scary so ubud eventually i ended up loving it and so here are some of the things if you leave the town portion you're like oh okay this is what i was looking for um, so drive around, rent a bike or have someone drive you, uh, beautiful rice terraces. There are like two main ones that are kind of set up for people to go take pictures at. Um, and they get really crowded and you actually have to like even pay to go to it. Uh, there's like a roadblock set off. And if you want to go see the rice terrace, you have to pay. Um, but then there's other ones that you can go see for free that are functional rice terraces that are growing rice for consumption. Um, just just beautiful. Again, if you go at, at, at sunset, it's just super pretty there. Um, you can also go to, and this is great, you can hike Mount Bator. I think it was about mm, maybe an hour or so drive north, and there's a big lake there, uh, but north out of Ubud. And how it works is this. I actually arranged to do the hike up the mountain through like the villa that I was staying at. And then there's places in town, too, that can hook it up for you. Now, set my alarm. Uh, I think I set my alarm for 1 o'clock because they were picking us up at 1.30. So this is 1.30 in the morning. Um, it's advertised that you're going to get fried bananas. God, the fried bananas in Bali are awesome. Uh, we didn't get fried bananas. So we got these, like, red bean cookies that... Um, you'll see these places, like, I've, I've eaten them... Uh, like Korean places or even I think Japanese places, uh, you know, those soft red bean cookies that are uh, covered in like powdered sugar. So we had that and coffees in the morning, which was cool. You know, it's it's morning night. Um, so we got to the place we would be hiking from about, I guess, 3 a.m. And the whole purpose is you're going to be hiking to see the sunrise. Now, each group, each like tour company, I guess, that you pay for, uh, is given two local guides for the trip. Now, our local guides were two young women, very young, actually, maybe like between 16 and 20, super short, like under five foot, uh, these, you know, skinny young women. And they were just champions, I mean, they were beasts. They do this hike every day, and this hike is no joke. Um, the gentleman at the villa we stayed at had said that, oh, it won't be so bad. It won't be cold. You could go in a t-shirt. It's about a kilometer hike. There's no way this was a kilometer. I don't know how long it was. Maybe I could look that up while we're here. But um, So it's cold. Like You're hiking at elevation. It is cold. Um, and it's really rocky. I think it's a volcanic rock, right? Um, but it's rocky and jagged and the rocks are the type of rocks that like slip out from under your feet. So I saw people get hurt. Um, I saw a woman have to be like carried down. Uh, she had fallen and cut herself. It, the rock is really hard. Um, so the stuff that's not loose is hard and jagged. It, it is a path, but it's a path on straight perpendicular, straight up, uh, perpendicular. What am I talking about? Um, vertical straight up um and it's jagged and it's tough so you know it's no joke it, it was freezing but it, like eventually it was sweating a lot and you're given a you're given a flashlight so you can see right in front of you but like everyone's flashlight would die um and i got a second one luckily and then eventually that dimmed out and so you're kind of just following the person in front of you um and it's tough i'm telling you we were panting like you have to stop a lot I think halfway up, you could buy water and like Gatorade and things like that. Um, 
And when you get to the top, you could actually buy coffee. They have coffee and tea in like a little hut, which is really awesome. Uh, but you get to the top, oh, and it's so cool. So you're overlooking a valley and you're overlooking the lake there. And directly across from you is another mountain. And you can watch the, the hikers on that mountain hiking up and they all have their flashlights. So it's still dark when you get to the top. And they just look like little ants with like with like glowing embers walking up this mountain. It's so, so, so cool. And you're above the clouds. And so as the sun's starting to rise up, the clouds are rolling in. And it looks like a, like a carpet or a blanket of clouds. God, it's amazing. Um, there were these dogs up there that, that had hiked up with us. It, that was unbelievable to see that. But was there with my two friends... Uh, watching the sunrise from this mountain, maybe volcano. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's really, it's really, really cool. Um, I know there are other places in the world that you can do this, but if you are in Ubud and you're in Bali, I would definitely recommend hiking up but, uh, Mount Batur. Getting down, <laughs> getting down is a bit of a struggle. Um, and then of course, you know, you, you, you slept a little bit before this, so it's pretty tough. Um, uh, we did make it down, obviously. I'm here alive in one piece, um, but then like slept after that. They did take us to, every time we wanted to go somewhere, they're like, oh, we'll take you to the coffee plantation. I'm like, no, 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 no. I've seen this in other places. But uh, they have the Luwak coffee there, which is, they say that like every coffee bean is passed through a weasel, through the digestive tract of a weasel and the enzymes do something to the coffee to make it taste differently. So basically it's like, like the weasel has, weasel has, has eaten the bean and pooped it out. And I guess the, the shtick or the gimmick of it is like, Oh, I'm drinking like, like poop coffee. <laughs> but, um, it's actually good, man. So that day we were exhausted and, uh, wasn't so into it. Just wanted to get back. But when did I go? I actually went, oh, when I was in uh, Jogja, I went. Um, and it's good. Like, y y you get it, you get a lump of uh, coconut sugar. And how you drink the coffee is, um, it doesn't brew. You just pour boiling water over the ground, and it's pretty murky. And you don't put uh, milk in it. Um, but you put the coconut sugar in your mouth, and you drink the coffee like that with the sugar cube in your mouth. And they were also eating peanuts, kind of like people would like eat peanuts at a bar, I guess, something salty, but um, they were like, yeah, we eat peanuts with our coffee. So uh, it is kind of worth it to go on. So as much as I was like, eh, this is super touristy, it's kind of cool. And the coffee is actually pretty good. Uh, so you could do that everywhere, not just Ubud. Um, some other cool things. So I would wake up every morning and go to a gym that was nearby. There's a guy who new to meet me and he would take me on his bike for a couple bucks. Um, and he also hooked up taking me to the elephant cave. This is pretty cool. I, what was the entrance fee? Maybe like five bucks us. Um, but the, the entrance to the cave is this like crazy looking mouth. And a lot of these caves had this kind of it's something pretty similar. It's this, I don't know. It's like the, the head of a deity, but it, it's got these crazy eyes and sometimes this, this tongue is sticking out. It looks, it looks wild. And this one is like you're entering the mouth of this deity, I guess. Um, and inside it's super hot. Um, and you could see that it had been like a, pl a place of worship. And there are these carved out almost windows uh, and sitting in each of the windows was um, an altar where people could, you know, make offerings to. That was really cool. And part of this too was uh, this garden complex, uh, which was oh, really, really pretty. And it's a cool spot to take pictures. Like a lot of places I saw in Bali, I noticed there was a lot of plastic. And I think Bali is outlawed plastic. I know I just read that Kenya has done that. And when I was in Kenya, I knew that, that they were talking about doing it. But like the main areas where people would congregate would be super clean, but then just like off to the side and in the water, you'd see just all this plastic kind of like it had been just like swept under the carpet, like is the metaphor, right? Or just like raked out of, 
raked out of the picture and just piled there. I don't. I, I guess they don't really have good facilities for recycling it or or, or getting rid of it. Um, but I did notice that in a lot of places that like the effects, I guess, of tourism and just waste production were pretty bad. Maybe I'm just thinking about it more because I just had Rob Rob on the podcast. But um, definitely go to the Elephant Cave. It's cool. Um, one of the things that I like the best, so um, again, like I wanted to see where are Indonesians going? Now, there's a night market in Ubud, but a night market, as I've said a million times, is a night market. But the more I started talking to drivers and, and, and some locals, they were saying, oh, you need to go to Gianyar. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, it's G-I-A-N-Y-A-R. Oh, go to the Gianyar market. It's only open at night. Um, like in uh, the after work hours from like five to, uh, no, 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 maybe it was seven to 11. Yeah. I think it was seven to 11. And, um, it's just Indonesian food and it's Indonesian workers and families. That's it. No tourists, no tourists. I'm like, hell yes, I'm there. Um, so we found a driver that would take me, I think it would took about a half hour to get there from like the, the town part of Ubud. So not that bad. And, driving there and I said like what's the thing to get and he said oh you have to get Bobby Gooling so I'm like okay and that sounds like a name, <laughs> a name right like Bobby hey Bobby Bobby Gooling but he was like go get the Bobby Gooling B-A-B-I Bobby I'm like okay what's that oh it's suckling pig you, you gotta get it you gotta get it all right so I'm walking around once we get there and um a lot of places had Bobby Gooling like that was a thing featured there if you, once you first get there, there's a main street and there's all these shops, but the driver was like, no, 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 go into the market across the street. That's the legit stuff. So I went across the street um, and I got, a, oh God, a bunch of things. Now, first of all, no tourist is right. And, you know, I'm obviously probably talking to tourists here with this podcast. Um, and I think you should go there. Uh but also maybe it would lose some of its appeal to me if it was, you know, like some of the other places that were full of Westerners. Um, but it sat down at a suckling pig place. And there's a few. And, you know, these are like almost like food stalls outside. Almost like, uh, like, like a, think like a dirty water hot dog cart, but like longer with an actual countertop and seats in front of it. Uh, so I pulled up at one of these that sold Bobby Gooling. And the whole pig is right there in front of you. And you can see it, it's crispy. And the places where they've broken off the skin, it's that like glistening white fat. It, come on. Come on. It's so good. That like crispy pork skin where it, it's just, it's like candy if you eat it. Um, so, you know, sit down. I'm with my buddy. And people are looking at us and they're talking to each other like we're fish out of water here. Um, so I say to the woman, do you speak English? Yes, yes, I speak English. So I said, okay, uh, like, how does this work? <laughs> like, what do I order? Because, you know, the signs are in, uh, are, uh, in Indonesian. And she said, oh, I'll get you, you'll get a plate. You want everything. So I don't know what everything is, but yes, give me everything. So she's like, spicy? So I'm like, yeah, spicy. She starts laughing and she talks to the woman next to her. So I'm like, oh, God. Here they are. They're making fun of the, uh, the gringo here. Oh, their word for gringo, boule. Um, so she makes me a plate. Hands down, the, the best. I might have just said that place I went with Chicha was the best. This was the best. Hands down. What you get is they turn that pig, every part of that pig, they turn into something, which is awesome. Um, so you get blood sausage, um, which is like, you know, a lot of cultures have this congealed blood. If you've had Korean food, it's a big thing there where you'll see congealed blood in soups or there's a Korean dish that's actually, you just get blood sausage. Um, you're, I think Germany does this, uh, some of the Scandinavian countries, um, but it, it's the congealed blood in the casing. A second type of sausage, which I think was just regular pork sausage, um, you get the organs, uh, in kind of a saute style on a stick. I don't, you know, I, I think it was liver and heart and kidney. Um, you get shredded pork. You get all of this over rice, obviously, um, with some pickled veggies. 
uh, the crispy pork skin. I had to be like, oh, more. Give me, give me more of that. And they, they just crunch it right off. It's, it makes that snap crunch. Oh, God, it's so good. And they pile all that on a plate. The spicy is sambal. Now, there are a few different types of sambal in Indonesia. Actually, there's probably many, but the places that I had gone to, I'd seen a few. God, even the hotels had good food when they had sambal. But um, that's their hot sauce, but it's more than hot sauce because, like, there's stuff in it. Um, you know, it's it's hard, it's thick. Like, there's uh, chili, chilies in it and um, a red onion and th- there's stuff in it, so it's not just liquidy. It's it's you know substantial, super hot fire there, fire at the Ganyo market. She wasn't kidding. She had put it on the side for me, even though I didn't request it. She's kind of I you know, like I said, boule. But God, so 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 good. Um, after that, went over to a place that had like the exact same setup, but with chicken like a pull-apart smoked chicken. So repeated that whole process. Oh, so good. Um, then washed it down with, there were these stands of just fried stuff. And I should mention that Bobby Gooling, I think was, oh, what was it? Like $2, $3 US. And then we went to the stand that had all sorts of fried goodies. They had fried potato fried veggies, fried, like a fried dough, and then they had fried bananas. Oh, the fried bananas, they were so good. Um, so got a bunch of those, like they're greasy and just mm, perfect. Oh, so good in like a breading. God damn, it's so good. I want to go back there so bad. Um, but them too, like it, they were curious to see us. Like we were a little bit of a spectacle being, you know, like, the Westerners that were there, there, there was, I promise you, there was no one else that looked like us. Um, so like we ate and like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, this is, this is amazing. This is delicious. Are you kidding me? Um, you know, so people were happy to hear that. I guess that, uh, the two Westerners came through and, and enjoyed the Indonesian food. Uh, but Ganyar market, you have to go there. It is so, so good. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I dream about this stuff. I'm not kidding. Like there's, there's, there's days where like I, I can taste those fried bananas and I'm just right now is one of those times. God. All right. Get me off of this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ubud's, Ubud is, is pretty cool. Like there also is, if you want to do, they have like a, almost like a barn set up there and, uh, you can go do, they do yoga workshops there. They do meditation and like, uh, uh, bell meditation. Um, you just Google that. You'll, you'll know what it is. Almost like hypnosis. Um, so yeah, you can do those types of things and you can go there and just chill and hang out with friends and do the whole health thing. If you're looking to reset yourself, like the, you know, the whole acai bowl in the morning to yoga, to meditation. Hey, it's cool, man. I support it. Uh, another cool place I had went uh, from Ubud, I think, right? Yeah, I think I went there from Ubud, which is, um, more east, is the Tirtha Empel, uh, Hindu temples and water temples. This was so cool. Essentially, um, you know, if you go into all the Hindu temples, you have to get a sarong, but you can go there and you rent it like a water sarong, which can get wet. It's just a regular sarong, but it's a little different material. Um, and there are, hmm, there are these, it's a pool in a sense, like built into the temple. And there are these fountains where the water shoots out and it shoots out of like, again, like a deity's mouth or face. Um, and you start all the way at the left and you make your way down the line of these water spouts and you wash yourself in it. You let it, you know, uh, run over your head and you pray at each one. And, you know, I'm not someone that follows a religion or anything like that. You do feel something when you're there, not to sound all woo woo, but a lot of the temples, like you definitely feel something. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's just time, you know, they say that like places and things sometimes can 
can hold memories. Again, I'm probably sounding super hippie-ish here if you don't believe in this kind of stuff, but you feel something. And while I'm not religious, I spoke to a guy who said, you know, while I'm Hindu, when you're here, you're, you're worshiping whatever you worship. So there's, pray, you know, there's no wrong way. And so again, like, I'm not religious, but I have a spirituality to me. So I went from uh, like water fountain to water fountain. Not fountain's not the right word, right? Uh, spout? I don't know. From each, from each spout. Um, and, you know, you wait. person in front of you finishes. You bathe yourself in it and you pray. So I was like working on breathing while I was there. Um, and just kind of trying to be reflective and it's, wow, it is, it's really, really a cool experience. Again, it's just a couple bucks to do it. You could hang out there all day. Uh, one of the things <laughs> like going throughout Bali and, and even in Jogja, like a lot of people wanted to take pictures with me that happened in Hanoi when I was there. Um, it, but like how, how teacher explained it to me, it was like, ah, they just want to, have a picture of them with a Westerner for their social media. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of guys, like guys coming up to you, like, Hey, can I get a picture with you? Um, so it's actually, I don't know. It's kind of cool. People are like really, really friendly. Um, and so that just, I was thinking about that because when I was at here at the Empel, there were a couple of people that wanted to take pictures. Um, but yeah, you should, you should definitely go there. Uh, T I R T H A. That's the Tirtha. Empel is E M. P-U-L. Um, again, like the actual location is, is, I can't remember. I think it was east of Ubud. And I think maybe I had done some rice terraces when I went there as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to look something up right now because the major temple that everyone goes to, for some reason, has slipped my mind and I did not write it down. Uh, let's see here. I'm sure this makes for really good listening, doesn't it? Okay. Ah, all right. Ten a lot. Um, so, north of Changu, right? So what's that over there? There's Petinganet Changu. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But north of Changu is Tanalot. Just go into Google right now. T-A-N-A-H-L-O-T. Um, really cool temple that's on this rock formation in the water. Um, so it's a place a lot of people go, again, for sunsets. But there's so many beautiful places to see sunsets. But this is really a special temple. This, for me, it's not big, but... It's an Angkor Wat type of a thing where, like, you know, since I was a broke college kid, like, begging to get a teaching job during the hiring freeze in New York, like, looking at places I could never afford to go to, daydreaming, just thinking, like, man, I need some adventure, and, God, this this is sounding like you pray love, isn't it? Jeez. This looks just like the trailer. Um, sounds just like the trailer. But for real, uh... I say that to say, like, this is one of those places I would see in pictures and on, like, travel sites and, like, oh, man, I would love to go there. So just getting there to me was just, like, super satisfying and it felt special. Um, but we had followed the advice of some people we had read online and they said, go to lot at low tide. So I didn't go at sunset because low tide was hours before that. But the benefit of going at low tide is you can actually walk to the temple and go on it. You can't go to the top where you can actually worship at the temple, um, but there's a spiral staircase you can go up a little bit, and there are priests there with, uh, there's like, uh, again, like a fountain of sorts where water's coming out, and they say it's holy waters. Um, you know, it's water that's coming from the ocean there, but super special. Like, what you can do is you go there. It doesn't cost anything. I did give, you know, a donation because there's a basket that they have and, you know, they got to eat. But um, they say, you, you walk there and, and I didn't know what to do. Um, so I said, hey, what do I do? And he said, bathe yourself. So you go over to the fountain and you wash your face. Again, you rub it over your head and, and you do a quick, do whatever you need to do. But I, I said a quick little prayer. And then they come and they say a blessing and they, they push the salt onto your forehead um, which you'll see, 
with a lot of people who are worshiping um, a lot of Hindus in Bali, they'll have like the salt pieces on their head. I don't actually know what that represents, and maybe I should have looked that up before I started talking, but um, they put a flower over your ear. Um, I'm, I'm talking as I look this up. And they give you a blessing. And then you can just sit there watching the, the tide roll in. And we did that. Like, you can see the tide getting higher and higher until you realize, um, like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to walk back. Uh, but here, too, like, because it's kind of rocky, the erosion over time is like, bore out holes in the rocks. So there's all these natural pools that you can just hang out in as the tide's coming in. Um, oh, God, it's so, so cool. Um definitely go to 10 a lot. I mean, again, like it's the touristy spot. If you go at certain times of day, like at about midday or a little bit early afternoon when I went, it wasn't that crowded. Uh, so, um, that would be my recommendation. I mean, if you're there for an extended amount of time, go at sunset and go at, uh, when there is a low tide, if it doesn't coincide with sunset and walk out and do the priest's blessing. That was, that was really, really cool. That felt special. Um, what else can I say? There's so much, like, like I was saying in the beginning, there's really something for everybody. You can go to the abandoned beaches or out into the country and into the jungle where there's not a lot of people. You can go hang out with people in a more traditional setting. You can go there if you're looking to party. Hey, if I was in Northern Australia and I wanted to get away for a weekend and like, just hang out and party and be on the beach, it, that's there for you. Again, not really my thing, but hey, who am I to judge? Um, really friendly people, really cool culture. Um, Indonesia is more than a thousand islands, and so I had seen two. <laughs> Where a, a lot of amazing, beautiful pictures you'll see is people go to the Gili Islands, which is to the south and the east of Bali. Um, and uh, Nusa Penida is another big one. I think Broken Beach is there. So when I go back, I need to hit up some of those. Uh, Lombok is a larger island to the east. And uh, a lot of people, when I say went to Bali, they're like, they think it's a country. No, it's one of the islands. It's actually not even one of the biggest ones. Um, Obviously, Java is, is a, is a well-known island there, but um, it's really interesting, man. I'll say this, too. Uh, without knowing a ton of the history, it's something I want to start learning about. Um, it does feel like this tourism boom is new, or, or newer, obviously, in the history of Bali. Um, and when I was there, some people, some people, some locals were saying this is a good thing. Because prior to this, like, there was no money. There was no money coming into the, into the region, the political region, right? Uh, the island of Bali. Um, and so that's a good thing. But then again, like, you do see the loss of culture. You see a lot of political graffiti there. Um, and so there's some that's talking about, like, land reclamation, because of the development along the water. And oh, Trump has developments there. Donald Trump. I'm jumping around here, but like I talked about this in the last couple episodes. It was so nice to not have to hear about Donald Trump. And this is not a political rant, but you, wh whatever side you're on here in the, in, in the United States, it's nonstop you hear about him. It's nonstop. And yeah, we need to be informed, but oh man, it gets to a point where it's just like, oh, I need to hear about something else. And so when I was there, I was like, ah, I don't hear about him at all. But then you hear all these people say like, Trump's building, <laughs> Trump put all this land, he's building, he's building some resorts and stuff like that. And they love Obama because Obama had just been there. Um, I think he went to Georgia also, but post uh, his you know, second presidency, he you know, traveled around and he had been to Indonesia and Bali. Um, but back to what I was saying before that little rabbit hole there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of political graffiti, the land reclamation, there's stuff against the, you know, the palm oil companies and corporations that come in and extract the resources from the land. Um, when I had talked to Maddie, 
I was having trouble finding like Indonesian coffee uh, besides the Luwak coffee. Uh, so a lot of places I went to, aside from, you know, like, you know, legit coffee shops, but I wanted to find just like local coffee and I would get coffee and it'd be powdered, it'd be powdered instant coffee. And so I said to Maddie, I'm like, Hey man, where's the Indonesian coffee? And he's like, Hey man, <laughs> Starbucks buys all of it and sells it back to us for $6 a cup. It's like, okay. So there's that, you know, there's that thing you see in a lot of places where, it's like neo-colonialism, right? With corporations where they come in and they set up shop and the money doesn't always go back to the people in the land. I remember one specific tag that I had seen on a wall and it said, your utopia is my dystopia. And so I think a lot of that stuff goes hand in hand with like the punk music. Go back and listen to that episode I did. Um, but there is a bit of a rebellious counterculture there. Um, and some of the, the graffiti and the artwork is actually quite cool and, and looks really nice. Um, and then, to this is something I wanted. I'll, I'll address this um, when I can give it some more thought at a later time. But, you know, a lot of places in Southeast Asia are full of, uh, like, Western men who go there to meet, you know, women. And I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't bother me, but uh, a lot of times I'll see like older Western men and they're there with like, you know, young women. Like you'll see this all over Southeast Asia, but you know, I saw it a lot in Bali too. And I don't know, it feels predatory. Maybe I'm just complaining here, but it feels a little weird. Um, and you see it everywhere. Um, so there's that too, just talking about the effects of, of tourism and, um, so it's interesting, this, like, what will Bali become in the next 20 years, especially with the internet and, like, bloggers and, and even me, like, hear what I'm doing. Um, it's interesting, like, because, you know, I'm just a tiny player in this game, but we love to talk about the places that we love to go to, but then in turn that ends up changing them. And again, this was high season in terms of tourism when I was there, at least from Australia, so there are tourists everywhere. Um, but you know, even meet them, talk to them. Uh, one of the things I love the most is like waking up early and exploring or like, or, or late at night, um, late at night, asking someone to give you a ride back on a bike. You know, I'd gone down to, like I said, I went to that sky bar and it was just, ugh, it was terrible. But like the coolest part of the night for me then was like, I found a guy who wanted to ride, drive me back and just zipping through the streets. He's showing off a little bit, speeding. Um, you know, you're zipping through the streets at night, the sights and the sounds. It's really cool. Like he's talking junk, asking you, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? And it's all, this, you know, everything that's quite illegal. <laughs> and you're on the back just laughing and, and shrugging it off. And it's just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a romantic thing, I guess, but it's, um, it's really cool. I love it there. And um, I definitely want to go back. So again, if it's got everything that you're looking for, no matter what you're looking for. If, if So if you have the opportunity to go there, um, you know, the dollar is worth a lot there. So you can get things for quite cheap. You can stay places quite cheap. Um, again, you could stay at expensive places if that's your thing. You could stay at a $10 hostel. It's got it all. But that's it, folks. Bali, that is the last place on this recent trip that I went. But I've got all sorts of things planned. Um, got some cool stuff. Uh, what can I share? Uh, I hate doing this because just in case they fall through, but I've got an author coming up. Um, I got a couple friends, a couple of musicians, and uh, an MMA fighter, and someone that lives is doing the whole tiny house living. So I'm going to try to knock out a couple more this week. What week is this? Uh, I think probably by the time you're hearing this, this is the week of Labor Day. So it's early September. Um, all right. Cool. That's all I got for you, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I love doing these. And uh, I'm hoping that I could just do more and more and more. Next travel destination, not that exotic, but uh, I'll be going to Denver in two weeks or so. Yeah, so I'll be going to Denver. 
I have been there, but I was only there for a day when I was on tour. Uh, you can hear about that tour. Wow, I'm doing a lot of self-promotion here. You can hear about that tour with the episode with Tim, T-Y-M, from Divider. But I stopped through on the 4th of July, and we had like gone past the stadium to watch the fireworks and stuff like that. Um, but I was 21. That was 10 years ago. So I'm hoping that, well, I know the city's quite different for a lot of reasons. But um, yeah, looking to check that out and then go to Rocky Mountain National Park. So hopefully that'll give me some cool podcasts and maybe even a cool conversation because I'll be going there with the notorious... Willie B. All right. I'm finally ending this now. Thanks everybody. Um, you know, check me out social media, shoot me an email, the voyages of Tim Vetter at Gmail. It's the same name for everything else. All right. Take care of each other. Peace.